Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you down at uh, Rogers Place, where the Edmonton Oilers just wrapping up practice as we speak. Hope you're having a uh, solid Wednesday for you. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It's 105 in Edmonton. And Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, to talk about a new program the Oilers are starting up, Second Shift, we will hear from Jason Chimera, longtime NHLer, uh, who's a local area product. Uh, like uh, Jason, a former member of the Edmonton Oilers as a player, I was later a coach, the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears, Ian Herbers, and with the Edmonton Oil Kings making a deal today to acquire a 20-year-old, uh, we will hook up with Kurt Hill. He'll come up to the broadcast booth. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Heartland Ford, not your small town dealership with a new huge state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer and Brendan at Brendan Escott. And guests on our show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood cooked right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park locations. All right, without further ado, we are pleased to be joined on the line uh, by a guy who spent a number of years uh, with the Oilers organization as a player and then went on to bigger and better things as an NHL player. Terrific guy that uh, carved out a a very lengthy NHL career for himself. Uh, We welcome back to the show Jason Chimera. Jason, how are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good, good to be back. Yeah, you've uh, you've had the fortune of not seeing me uh, for about a year and a half. So <laughs> since uh, since I reached out to Pete Shirelli and said, "Hey, we could use a little bit of experience and speed in our lineup up front," but couldn't convince him to get you a tryout. Sorry, your contract, man. But uh, you know, well, I think I think it could help. But <laughs> uh, well, I think history showed you may, you might have been able to help that. And and on that note, I mean, that's look, you played. 1,100 games in the National Hockey League. Uh, parts of four seasons of Edmonton, but your career really took off once you went to Columbus. You know, you double-digit goal score multiple times throughout the course of your career. You were a 20-goal score late in your career. Uh, last, you know, uh, with Washington and the Islanders. Uh, how has the adjustment been for you personally not playing in the National Hockey League after playing, you know, close to 20 years in the show? Yeah, no, it's it's it's, uh, it's been tough, but it's been uh, I mean it's been pretty uh, it's been pretty good. You get to you get to catch up on a lot of things you missed during during your playing career with your kids playing hockey. Both my son and daughter both play, and it's good to see them play. But, you know, be there personally, and you're kind of a part time parent for a lot of years, and you leave your wife a lot with a lot of stuff. And it's certainly nice to be there for the kids and um, that kind of stuff. But I'd be lying to, lying to you if I said I didn't miss a game for sure. I think you it, it, that'd be 
understatement how much you miss it, but it was nice to catch up on those kind of things. Well, uh, here's here's my spiel. When I when I think of you, Jason, I think of a guy who, uh, you, you know, you were a talented major junior player. You you could skate like the wind, but you really committed yourself to doing the little things to play it as long as you could. And all I can think of right now is you're the type of guy the Oilers need in their organization on the development side to maybe work with some of the younger forwards because everybody's a really good player. Uh, you know, Zach Stortini was a stellar junior player in the OHL that had to, you know, do the dirt as a, as a player. And, 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 and the point is, when you get to this level, you got to do the little things to succeed. And I think that you'd be an excellent developmental coach. And I'm just wondering, is this sort of, you know, the owners are introducing second shift. It's a program that will provide opportunities for youth to participate in the game of hockey. And this is a chance for you to get involved and, and you know, help, help and work with some kids. And I'm wondering whether or not it might lead to some better things uh, down the road, uh, bigger and better things for you as well on the coaching side. Is that something that might interest you down the road? Yeah, I, I mean, as, as we, I've talked with you many times, I love the city of Edmonton. I've kind of um, always wanted to be, this is where I live and this is my home and, you know, my parents are from here and my wife's parents are from here. So, you know, anything I do to give back to the city of Edmonton for sure, especially with this uh, this program, me and me and Pizer heading up uh, for the for the for the people, for the, you know, just the kids who can't afford uh, the regular minor hockey to get them introduced to hockey and just kind of put a skills program out there and to help out that way, and anything you could do to help out for sure. But and I think uh, you know, I have, I think I have a lot to offer as far as pie, so I think it's, it benefits uh, benefits every, everyone involved. All right. Well, the second shift program will be easily accessible and affordable. It's designed to help bridge the gap between learn to play programs such as the Oilers' successful first shift program, a partnership between the club and the NHL and the NHLPA, and minor hockey registration. It will provide kids and parents with more exposure to the sport through easy-to-access skill development and learning sessions to encourage continued participation in the sport. Uh, so that's kind of what it's about. It's got six one-hour on-ice sessions. You get an Oilers uh, second uh, shift uh, jersey. Uh, kids get, uh, hey, man, I get your hockey card. That's all right. I guess they're called trading cards now. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to date myself, but mine were yeah. with Bobby Hall and Bobby Orr. So, and, man, I, I was stoked when I got my Guy Lafleur card, let me tell you. So, actually, the kids, I, the kids, the kids may not get, be stoked to get my card as Guy Lafleur, but we'll see. I got one for Norm Ferguson, too, so that's relative. Okay. There you go. He was with Perfect. the orders. That's, that's, that's a little more on playing field, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's hilarious. But it's, it's a you notice, like, do you notice with kids today that, uh, you know, you came up in a different time. I mean, they do have a lot of skill. That's the one thing that we were just talking, you know, with Brian Lawton about kids being recruited at 13 and 14. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you're talking to Brad Lauer about how gifted kids are today. Like, it's you probably saw that from when you first broke into the NHL to when you just finished up. Like, how much more skilled kids are than ever before. Like, they, they, we shouldn't limit them. It's incredible what they can accomplish today. Oh, for sure. And, and to your note, you, you had a... Uh Previous, previous, to what you said there, there's a lot, there, there's a lot of skill, but there's not that many people that know how to accept the role. Right. And 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 like you said, when you get to the NHL level, there's everyone skilled. I was I was a prominent junior player. Dave and Jimmy and Bobby are all prominent junior players, but it's it's the kids that are willing to accept the role and like you said, do those little things that maybe work your way up the lineup instead of you know expectations or like. 
you expect to be up up in a lineup, but you're not. You know, it's just like uh, it's not uh, it's just not all given to you. So you can have all the skill in the world, but if you're not willing to accept the role, you're going to be gone pretty quickly. So, um, you, and that's that's what the the biggest thing is. It's, it's not just all given to you. So, it's, yeah. uh, and and you have to work for it. So I think it's uh, a lot of kids. You know, which is which is not. Slamming kids used to stage, but it's killing a lot of people are not willing to work for it. Then the kids that are are the ones that are getting spots. We're joined by Jason Shamari. Played over 1,100 games in the NHL. What I remember uh, your time at Edmonton. I mean, your 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 second full year here, you, and you weren't timid when you played in the Western League. Like you racked up some penalty minutes, but you were known known as a fleet-footed guy that could, uh, you know, certainly score. Uh, I don't know if you reinvented yourself, but it became part of your repertoire as a player that you were difficult to play against. And if guys cheap shot at one of your teammates, you know, like you, you weren't an enforcer, but you were willing to square up with guys on the ice and settle settle things. And I always admired that about you and I love the fact that, you know, you'd go on after leaving Edmonton and play 50 more years at the NHL. <laughs> and, and, and I'm wondering how hard, like, how hard was that for you to do at times, you know, knowing that you might have to, you know, occasionally, then there's less fighting than ever before, but to yeah. fight out of to fight out of your weight class sometimes and step up and fight guys that were a mo- you know maybe not as good a player as you, but a lot more accomplished in in the pugilistic er- uh, area. You know, it, it, I, I, be, I, it was just something you did. I mean, it was something like you seen something happen and you just do it. I wasn't, you weren't like, um, um, and those those are like those are little things that kind of get lost. Of being a good teammate, being a you know, being that person that will stick up for you and be be a person that will not be jealous of someone scoring goals. You, you, you know, so I think it's uh, it's one of those things that you just do. And I think, um, and I wouldn't change a thing because you you get paid a really good amount of money to play. A, it's a game, and it's a, it's the best job in the world. I never took that for granted one day, and I think uh, that's what I always took out of it. I'm, every day I, I went to the rink, I'm like, this is, this is the best ever. Like, you get to play hockey for a living, and you know, if you have to fight once in a while for your teammates, so be it. I think it's just, uh, it, it was, you know, you, you come to, like, you love a lot of the guys you play with, and you see a lot of the guys get, you're taking liberties of it, and if you watch my fight tape, I may have not won many fights, but <laughs> I think, I think it's uh, one, of those, one of those things that you, you just do for your teammates, and, and that, that, that was that. I think it's the way you're raised. You're raised too. Like my parents raised me that way, and yep. I think it was just uh, you know, my parents had a lot to do with it. They raised me to be a, a good person, a good teammate. First of all, not not just a skill guy. And you know, people remember you more for being a good teammate than than do it for anything else. So that, that was pretty good lessons that they taught me. Well, if I was a king for a day, I'm going to tell you right now, I'd have a. Two development coaches for sh- uh, three, really. One for the goaltenders, and the Oilers sort of have that because they've got you know Sylvain Rodrigue down working with the minor league team, and Dustin Schwartz up here. I'd have a guy that works with the defense. You know, Paul Coffey's been in that role, in a development role for the Oilers, and I know there's been some criticism of that, but I think defense, that's a unique position with a lot of stress. And I look at a guy like Steve Smith, who's been fully committed, how good of a coach he's become because he he went through as difficult of a thing as anybody could go through. Oh, yeah. And then I'd have a guy that handles the forwards. And these guys would be, you know, 
guys that have recently left the league that in, in the NFL are called transitional coaches. And I think that they're really important. This is an awesome program you're worth. Uh, I know you're working with Patrick Garland as well, who was the team services guy for a number of years, did a great job. Again, it's called Second Shift uh, with Fernando, and we've got Jason Schmier on the, on the uh, line um, leading the next generation of hockey players with the support of hockey Edmonton instructors. Again, six. Uh, here's the deal. The program will be open to all children between the ages of 6 to 10 who have never previously enrolled in minor hockey. Registration is 150 bucks per participant and includes six one-hour sessions, an Oilers second shift jersey. We mentioned the trading cards, joked about that. Kids get a, a second shift bag tag. They get to meet Hunter, the mascot. They get graduation photos. You know, I never graduated, uh, Jason. So, <laughs> just, just Hunter. Hunter might be the best best thing for the kids. That, that, that was probably that was probably the best thing for the kids. Absolutely. <laughs> and then the uh, part of the voucher goes towards uh, minor hockey registration. Awesome. Have fun with it. All right, Jason. Let's do this again. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It's a great program, and it's going to be pretty exciting to do. So. All right, super stuff. We'll have you on again, Jason. Thank you for your time. All right, thanks, Tom. Anytime. You bet. That's Jason Chimera. Again, over 1,100 games in the National Hockey League. And uh, participants are also welcome to purchase uh, equipment pieces for their kids. Uh, registration now open. Fall sessions commencing in November. For more information on Second Shift, please visit edmontonoilers.com backslash youth hockey. That's edmontonoilers.com backslash youth hockey. It's 118 at Edmonton. We are going to go to a break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to take a step down the uh, Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's uh, 121 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. Just had Jason Schmier on the show. As you can tell, fan of his. Uh, you can text us at 630-630 on the Heartland Ford text line. Jim says, Bob, it's always nice to hear from the Ice Cheetah. That one comes to us from Jim. He could play. Hey, Bob, is Bertasov going to be in the lineup tomorrow? Uh, if so, do you think it would be a good idea to try to see him on the top line to see what he can do? Work for Chase on. Uh, I do think Bertasov will play. I'm, I'm just wondering, have they begun uh, Tippett yet? I don't know if underneath they've begun Dave Tippett yet. I think they just opened the room up. Um, time will tell. Uh, and I wouldn't mind seeing Bertasov get a luxie in the top six. Benjamin has texted the show to say, Bob, please read this on the air. Jason, congrats on a great career. By the way, your mom uh, was my librarian at Idlewild Elementary School. I still remember how excited she was when you were drafted by the Oilers. Please say hello from Benjamin. There you go. You can text us at 630-630. Bob, even though we lost last night, I thought we moved the puck in the offensive zone really well, including the third and fourth line. Can't say I saw that much of, at all last season. I really liked Shan, uh, Archibald, and... Uh, yeah, Shan and Archibald. Well, Juju Akira was quiet in the first and really picked it up in the second and third as well. This text comes in out of Grand Prairie. says, Bob, I really think saying that Chris Russell has to play the left is silly. The number four through seven spot should be resol- uh, revolving between Russell, Bear, Lagason, and Person till the best person is in the best spot. If Russell is on the right and he's better than the others, then why not? Not saying he is, but does this make sense? Uh, Dave Tippett seems pretty sure that he wants Chris Russell on the left side. 
Again, you can text us at 630-630. KDK has texted the show to say, Hey, Bob, I understand your constant comments regarding Holland and Tippett creating competition for the open defensive positions, but when the competition is between raw rookies and European players who have never cracked an NHL lineup, the bar isn't very high, is it? How is it possible that the organization has allowed this to happen when the defense is clearly the biggest deficiency for the team and literally costs them positions in the standing? The fix can't be attributed to cap space or system play as GMs are paid to figure this out to overcome these challenges. How is this not addressed from KDK? Uh, that's a comment I, I mean, there's a couple comments. I hear questions all the time about, you know, can Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith get it done in goal? And that's a fair question. And then another question I get is, why do the Oilers lack offensive dimension on the back end? Why has this not been uh, rectified? And some would say, you know, Adam Larson gave the Oilers a stern shutdown defensive D. Uh, Pete Chiarelli spent some bullets to address the D um, with two pretty significant trades. A 16 and a 33 for Griffin Reinhardt that did not work out. That's an organizational failure. Um, you know, the Oilers should have known Griffin Reinhardt better than anybody. And the other thing is they were already bringing along Clefbaum and uh, Darnell Nurse. So they had their own defenseman at that time. And I realized, like, Clefbaum was a 2011. Reinhardt was a 2012. Nurse was a 13. Some might say there was a little bit too much uh, duplicis- uh, duplicity. Uh, by going out and getting Reinhardt when you're already transitioning Clefbaum and Nurse into the lineup. And then there was the obvious Taylor Hall trade for Adam Larson. I think there were several people formerly in the Oilers organization that never thought that Taylor Hall had MVP potential. In fact, I think some of those guys didn't think that Taylor Hall had all-star potential. They were wrong. Okay. I don't think Pete Shirelli acted alone on the Taylor Hall trade. I think there was some other impetuses there uh, from some individuals. But there were significant assets moved, and the orders did not get what we would consider uh, offensive return on what it cost the orders to go out and get Reinhardt and Adam Larson. Adam Larson was plus 31 in his first two years. He is a legitimate NHL defenseman. Some would say he's just a number four defenseman. Uh, some would say se- uh, uh, second pairing right shot D is a number three D man. This year, the Oilers need Nurse and Larson to shut teams down. That means Darnell Nurse needs to commit himself to playing, you know, defense first hockey. The whole team has to play defense first hockey. You can text us at 630-630. Jason from San Cudo, very funny. But... Uh, can't read that one. Sorry. Ah, what's this one, Barhead? Oh, no, no, no. Jason's good. What is... Again, you can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at orders now. Okay, this text comes in from Abe. He says, Bob, by far my biggest concern is how the goaltending coach survives so many GM and coaching changes. I don't see where he has benefited any of the goaltenders. Ah, well, I know this, that Todd McClellan specifically thought very highly of Dustin Schwartz. I've known Dustin a long time. This is a new regime that's come in. 
the Oilers have to have some traction here with Koskinen and Smith. There needs to be some improvement in their game or there's going to have no chance. But that is a comment that also gets directed our way often on a regular basis, and you're not the only person to address it. Again, goaltending is a big question mark to start the year. Speaking of goaltending, we'll get a bit of an update because the Edmonton Oil Kings have added themselves another 20-year-old. Kurt Hill, the general manager of the Oil Kings, is going to swing by and join us here, and then we'll hear from Ian Herbers as well. We'll get to a couple more texts and Oilers now, but right now we're going to go off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.